When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Band Biographies. You can find more episodes at bandbiographies.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-D biographies.com. If you enjoy it, why not leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts? Apparently, it helps get the show up the charts so more people can see it, to download it, and then to leave further five-star reviews. Another way you can help is by telling as many friends as possible to give it a download. Please do reach out on Twitter, at BandBiogs, on Instagram, at BandBiographies, search on Facebook for BandBiographies, or by emailing bandbiographies at gmail.com. But most of all, enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Band Biographies. I'm Tom Austin Morgan, your host, and I'm here to talk about what's been going on since the Gizbutt interview was released last month. Now, you may have noticed that this episode is coming out on a Friday instead of a Monday, and that means only one thing, that this is the episode for the month, I'm afraid. It's a short one. I haven't been able to get the documentary done that I've been planning, and there's good reason for that. Instead, I'll be talking a little bit about my experiences of playing this mini UK tour with Sham69 that I've been on in the last month. Firstly, though, I'd like to thank Giz again for his time on the interview episode, and especially for picking up his guitar and playing songs for us down the line. I got a lot of great feedback from people who enjoyed that element of the interview as well. So maybe that's something that I'll kind of prep my guests for. Uh, if, If you want to hear more of people playing music down the line, perhaps I'll try and get them to do that going forward with the other interviews that I plan to do. As I said, no main episode this month, I'm afraid. Uh, things just got away from me this month. What with uh, playing around the UK with Sham69 a few gigs, and also the fact that my paid work, <laughs> uh, the thing that actually pays the bills and the mortgage, that has kind of taken an extra kick up. I've got more clients on the books, and that's a great thing but it does mean that I've got even less time than I had previously especially with all the practicing and the gigs themselves and the traveling so what I'm going to say now is that the December episode will definitely be a documentary on Stiff Little Fingers I've been planning this and I've been writing this for months now and I'm desperate to get it finished And it's quite close to being finished. I just need to then record it and find all the clips and the music that I need to put into the bed. And then it will be there for you on or around or just after Christmas Day. I can't think when Christmas is at the moment, but it'll be the end of December, the last Friday in December. 
So I just wanted to get that out of the way now so that you know that I'm definitely going to work on it over December. Despite the fact that I've got quite a few social engagements on the way, I'm not, however, doing a European tour with Sham69 this year. That has been called off, unfortunately, or in this case, fortunately. So we'll start off with the gigs that I've been playing. The first one was up in Widnes, a venue called The Snig, uh, on the 6th of November, Saturday the 6th of November. Uh, that was a long drive. That was four and a half hours. Uh, we all went up, not individually, I went up with Paul, uh, former guest of the show, and uh, Tim and Ian, the drummer and the singer, they went up uh, in their own car as well. Um, luckily, though, I mean, the venue was amazing. Uh, the room itself had murals of various uh, punk and ska musicians. There were loads of pictures of uh, of people playing and performing live up on the walls. There was even a log fire with scented wood, which was great, except it was far too hot at that point. I think even now it would be uh, it would be just about fine now that the temperature in the UK has dipped significantly in the last week. Um, so that that fire would have been great now. It was still up in the teens at that point. So, yeah, that that room was uh, was a no go for sure. The best thing about this uh, this venue, the Snig, is that they actually put the musicians up. Uh, in rooms above the venue itself so there was no there was no separate place that we had to go and drop our stuff off or like leave at the end of the night and get back to a hotel all that kind of stuff and uh, even better than that drinks were free all night uh, whether or not that uh, that helped in our performance I'm not entirely sure but we tried to keep a lid on it until afterwards and I think we largely succeeded um, this was the this was only the second gig that I've played with them since Skarmouth in uh, in October, um, which I think I said to you last month was uh, a real kind of baptism of fire. Um, certainly the biggest stage that I've ever played on in front of the most people I've ever played to. So these gigs, they're on stages the size of which and the audience size of which I'm used to playing in front of. Um, still more than I would usually get in my local bands, but um, yeah, more more manageable. The Witness crowd, they were uh, a little bit reluctant to come forward, um, which, you know, is, is all well and good. But uh, until about halfway through when we start playing, start to start to bring in the, 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 the more well-known songs like Borstal Breakout. And then by the end, uh, there were a couple of people with their tops off. There was one quite large man who bared his ass at us. That was uh, that was good fun, um, but yeah, and and the people that run the Snig as well, I want to shout out to them. Um, they they basically run the place for the love of live music, and I think that's the way that these venues should be run. Um, they you know it, they basically were saying that it wasn't really for profit necessarily. Obviously, they do make a profit, but it doesn't matter to them. Uh, you know how much they make as long as people are having a good time and music is being put on and enjoyed so that's something that that should be commended I think in this day and age especially uh, the backdrop was amazing I, th I think it must have been the Mersey I mean it was literally the pub was on the river um, and there was this giant kind of uh, steel bridge or iron bridge um, right next to it which was lit up at night and it looked spectacular um, and yeah, like I say, I, I, I stayed up until uh, some wee hours of the morning um, with uh, the people that owned the, uh, the the venue and their kind of small band of locals. 
and uh, we got into it about you know our favorite bands, uh, the history of uh, the history of punk music, and things like that. And we uh, yeah got well into our cups. I would say I was the last one of the band up that evening, and I thought I was going to pay for it the next day, but luckily I got away with it scot free, or should I say hangover free. Um, so that was lucky for the drive home. Uh, then it was then it was a week. Uh, until uh, the, the the gig in London at the New Cross Inn, which uh, was a completely different beast again. Uh, I love the New Cross Inn. It was the last venue that I'd played in my other band, Swamp Stomper, before COVID restrictions came in, before the first lockdown here in the UK. We played there at the beginning of March 2020. Um, and then our next gig was supposed to be the next week. And then we didn't play that until... Oh, when did we play that? October, I think, this year. So it was pushed back by like a year and a half, which was mad. So the last venue that I played in 2020 was one of the first venues that I've played in 2021, but with a different band. And it showed. I had some friends of mine, uh, some old kind of university friends of mine come down that I hadn't seen in the best part of 13 years, 12, 13 years, something like that. Um, Chris and Liv, they turned up. That was great to see them. Uh, they're, they're both lovers of live music and especially punk music. Uh, so they didn't want to pass up the fact that a friend of theirs now plays in a band that they enjoy listening to. Um, there were a couple of bands on the, uh, on you know, before us. Uh, a couple of, well, I don't want to say support bands, but they were the opening act, shall we say. And um, yeah, they were really good, the Rum and Reggae Boys and the Anoraks. Um, there was one man in the in the in the crowd who was having a brilliant time of it from the off, um, either drunk or not quite there, not 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 playing with a full set, perhaps. Um, he was having a great time. There's nothing wrong with that, but he was kind of interacting with a lot of people who some of which didn't want to be interacted with. Um, and by the time Sham got up on stage, we the the the, the audience had grown. Um, it was a sellout show, which was uh, which was great. Uh, lots of people there, lots of people wanting to have a good time. And unlike the witness, uh, the witness show, this London crowd were right at the front, right from the beginning, and having it straight away. And it just got more and more um energetic throughout the set uh which was which was great to see i've i've never played to an audience that was so up for it and um yeah it was uh, it was brilliant uh again more blokes with their tops off this time much more chiseled blokes though so you know at least there was an improvement in that um, there was an odd eclectic mix of people who looked like they'd just come straight from work right through to kind of skinheads and punks to like glam rock type people, um, people that look like Nick, members of Motley Crue. Uh, and, and that's what I love about London shows, like going to any kind of show in London, you, you never quite know who you're going to be stood next to. <laughs> and uh, it's something that I've really missed about going to shows, let alone playing them is having that kind of communal uh, sense of, of everyone having a great time and everyone there for the right reasons and just, uh, yeah, just having a brilliant, brilliant time together and enjoying the music. 
um the 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 guy who was overcranking it right at the beginning of the of the of the show did get up on stage at one point came past me while I was doing a solo um during Borstal breakout um staggered over to Tim the singer and hung off him for uh, a a chorus or a verse and then started staggering over back towards me which I hoped was the way off for him to get off the stage but uh no he kind of hung around behind me um I thought he was going to fall off the stage at various points he was very unsteady um luckily just before he did fall straight off the stage uh some people from the crowd managed to kind of usher him off quite politely um because he was falling into amps at the back of the stage it's never never a good look uh for anyone i'm not a fan of people getting up on stage necessarily although we will get to that uh in a in a kind of more positive way later on um yeah this guy really needed to have looked after himself a little bit better i think but it was uh, literally the only negative in in a really really amazing positive night out um yeah it was just it was it was just great the the atmosphere the energy in the room was brilliant and uh um i played pretty well um you know it was up to that point it was the best gig that i think i'd played and um yeah being my own worst critic i'm always uh always aware hyper aware of everything that i'm doing and uh i didn't have much to beat myself up about afterwards which was uh, which was great um also uh who else turned up it was a friend of the show and former guest james crutwell as well from the gonads he turned up uh to show his support too which was great to hang out with him again um the second time this year since we've uh, since we had our interview earlier on this year so yeah lovely to see james hoping to catch him with the gonads up in london at the hundred club on the 18th of december and then only a few days later, just five days later, we were up in Wigan, which was not that far away from Widnes, uh, on the 18th, Thursday the 18th, um, at a venue called the Old Courts, which, if you couldn't tell from the name, used to be a court building. Um, a massive room. I, I, I looked up the venues prior to going and thought, oh, that looks manageable, like, you know, mid-sized room. And uh, yeah, it was a lot bigger in real life than it looked on the venue's website, that's for sure. Um, giant columns in the middle of the room as well, which was uh, which was a little bit weird because it kind of compartmentalised the audience a little bit. This one was another four, four and a half hour journey up to up to Wigan. Um, the, the opening band were a band... Um, associated with the Pete Shelley Memorial campaign, actually, which was uh, which was pretty cool. Um, was hoping to meet a couple of other people from that particular organisation because Wigan is not that far from Bolton and Lee, especially. And I believe there were a couple of people there, but they they didn't make themselves known to me. Unfortunately, we were on a real kind of tight schedule. We were supposed to go by bus. <laughs> But the bus company fell through, they double booked, so we could only have it for one day and we needed it for three because we were going up to Wigan and then we were travelling down to Cardiff to play a fourth show and then we were coming home the day after that. So we needed it for Thursday, Friday, Saturday and they'd booked us out for it and then they told us that we could have it for Thursday but it needed to be back by Friday, which was never going to happen. 
So unfortunately, rather than get the uh, gig van experience that I was looking forward to, we again had to go up in separate cars. Uh, Paul turned up to my house nice and early. We were well on time. And as he turned up, he realised that the inside, one of his inside front tyres was completely bald down to the canvas. So uh, we had to go and get a new tyre fitted before we could even start off. So that, that put us on the back foot straight away. And then when we got up to Wigan, we got confused with the one-way system. It's always the last mile of a journey, isn't it? Oh, it's a killer. Um, so we ended up going round and round for a little bit and we ended up getting there just at the time that we should be loading in just before sound check was due to happen and nothing was really happening. Uh, the drum kit hadn't been set up, there were no amps on stage and then sound check took forever. Um, we finished sound check, went back to the hotel literally to drop our stuff off and uh, have a have a quick bite to eat before getting back there. The opening band had begun already, which was a bit of a shame that we couldn't have been there from the start. And then it was just kind of getting yourself into the mode, into gig mode, uh, you know, in in the little kind of green room, which was actually massive uh, in this place and, and really nice comfy leather chairs. Um, best green room so far, I would say. Uh, and... Yeah, we went on, we did our thing. Um, the audience, again, was not as rabid as the London audience, but certainly much more um, obviously up for it than the Witness audience had been right at the very beginning. And everything was going great. Everything went well. And then Paul's amp stopped working. Well, not Paul's, it was the opening band's amp. All of a sudden, uh, we came back on to do the encore uh, he picked his guitar up and nothing was happening. Um, and something similar had happened in London, actually, during exactly the same song, Hersham Boys. Uh, his string broke. Or no, his wireless system, um, the battery in it died while we were playing Hersham Boys and he had to quickly um, change from his wireless to stick a wire into the amp and into the guitar and get going again. Um, oh, he broke a string in Witness. Every single gig, something goes weird for, for Paul. I don't know what that's about. But uh, yeah, so this time it was that the amp just stopped working. Nothing he was doing was helping. Um, myself and Ian just tried to keep a beat going and kind of, you know, do a little bit of uh, improvising around some scales. And uh, and while Tim kind of kept the crowd in, entertained with a bit of banter, um Eventually, some quite drunk bloke got up on stage, didn't realise he was drunk at the time, or maybe he wasn't, maybe he was just aggressive, I don't know. Uh, and it looked like he was going to come and sort things out, you know, it looked like he was going to offer a helping hand. And then he kicked the amp over, you know, which is always going to help. Um, yeah, whoever you are, guy in Dropkick Murphy's t-shirt, you were a bit of an asshole. There was no need for that. It wasn't our equipment, it was the opening band's. And uh, that's that's just disrespectful. I found out afterward that he had um, he had also thrown a pint. Uh, luckily, it was in a clear, uh, it was in a plastic glass. But he'd thrown an entire pint. Luckily, the uh, most of it hit the pillar in front of the stage, but some of it did uh, did soak Paul. <laughs> Unfortunately, that guy gets into some scrapes. Uh, yeah, so eventually what ended up happening was that the sound guy brought out a practice amp. 
Um, so we're on this quite large stage. I mean, already the only amps that we had were combos anyway. So it looked like uh, we had toy amps up there from the start. But now uh, with Paul playing through a practice amp, it looked even stranger um, to get through the last couple of songs and off we went. Um, and uh, almost as soon as we were off stage, the venue, everyone filtered out of the venue. So I didn't get a chance to kind of chat with uh, with any of the any of the crowd at that particular gig, which was a bit of a shame. Um, however, I did get talking to the doorman, and he was he was a character. The next day, we uh, we we got some de- we got some decent sleep in the uh, in the hotel that night um, after kind of coming off, and I, I finally got to meet uh, the merch our merch girl um, Rhiannon, and. Um, yeah, we had a couple of drinks when we got back to the hotel and we had a good night's sleep, got up nice and early in the morning and uh, and we set off for Wales. Um, Paul and I got there with loads of time to spare. We were staying in Port Talbot, which was the next town over from Swansea. Um, and Port Talbot, I don't know whether any of you have been there. It's a, it's a bleak looking place. It looks like something out of Blade Runner. Um, it's just an industrial steel foundry. Um, surrounded by a small town um, on the on the sea front on South Wales, it's uh, yeah, it's I can't imagine a lot goes on there. Let's just put it that way. We found out that there was a baked bean museum, uh, but only as we were leaving. Um, otherwise, I think you know maybe we'd have taken some time out to have gone round there. But uh, alas, maybe we'll have to do that next time. Anyway, we got there with about an hour and a half, two hours to spare before we needed to be in Swansea. So Paul and I took a little bit of a nap, chill out time. I did a little bit of work and uh, then we started getting ready because we needed to be at the bunkhouse in Swansea uh, for about half past five. We made it there. We were the only ones there. Uh, The other band hadn't turned up just yet. And also Ian and Tim were miles away. <laughs> I don't think they made it there for another hour. So we were kind of sat around with nothing really to do, which uh, was a bit annoying because we'd have rather have spent a little bit more time in the hotel room, I think. Um, but hey, these things happen. Not a problem. The opening band was called NVS. They were a, a local punk band. They were younger kids. They were, they were between 17 and 20, I think. Um and they have a style they 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 look like a they look like Sid Vicious basically uh the two uh guitarists or the bassist guitarist um and uh and they they've all got yeah they're all, all wearing black trousers with safety pins and all that kind of get up spiky hair um the drummer has a kind of large afro mohawk it was pretty cool um and they were they were they were great they were brilliant and they were lovely kids. They were, they were great. Um, and, uh, you know, meeting their manager who was also one of their dads, it was, it was one of those operations. And I love that. It's great seeing these local bands having a kind of professional attitude and, um, and, and, and yeah, just, just acting the part. I mean, that's, that's all you can do, isn't it? You know, fake it till you make it or self-actualization. You know, if you act professional, you get perceived as professional and therefore you are people take you more seriously so yeah great um brilliant lads we'll be keeping an eye on them for sure 
And yeah, so there, there weren't a large amount of people in, in at the Swansea gig initially. The room did fill up as we went on and uh, and started our set. And then it filled up a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually it was quite a nice uh, number of people. And um, yeah, it got lively again. <laughs> Mainly spurred on by NVS actually and their and their friends. Um, you know, it was it was good to have some youth there, uh, bopping about, pogoing and uh, and slam dancing and stuff. So that was quite cool. And then um, you know there was a guy Daryl. He apparently turns up to all of Sham 69's Wel- Welsh gigs and uh, wherever he can. Basically, if he's in the area. And we're playing. Um, he will. Uh, he will make it. And uh, lovely, lovely guy, Daryl, uh, and his missus. Um, but he gets up and sings uh, a song at one point, and that kind of um, encouraged a lot more people up onto the stage during the last uh, four or five songs. Um, I ended up sharing a microphone with all of MVS and their friends. Paul ended up sharing a microphone with a bunch of other people. I think there were probably more people on the stage than there were on the floor. Uh, by the end of the gig, it was great. It was a proper stage invasion, but it was, it was a respectful one and it was fun. And it was all in the spirit of, of the music and the spirit of punk, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was something that I've never experienced before and I hope to experience many more times. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, I mean, what 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 a great few gigs to play. And everyone at the end of these gigs um, has said what a great time they've had, how brilliant they think uh, the musicianship is. And uh, yeah, just generally are, are fun to chat to. And... And knowledgeable about music as well, you know. Um, it's uh, it's it's been really fun talking to strangers again, being at gigs again, being in rooms full of people, and kind of, you know, finding out about all sorts. You know, how many times they've seen of various bands and what other bands they're into, and where your music tastes and and tastes in certain bands overlap. These shows should have been uh, a warm up for the European tour this December but uh yeah thanks to covid and various other things um it's not going ahead but that only means that i've got more gigs around the uk next year to hone myself get myself ready because i think if skarmouth felt like it being dropped in the deep end then a european tour only after four or five gigs might have been a bit much having never shared a van with people uh, stayed in hotels with any of them, you know, you've got to know people that you're going to be hanging around with for the best part of a month, I guess. And um, yeah, so it's giving me another year to get bedded in, to get comfortable, for them to know me and me to know them and share, you know, share space with them on a on a, on a more regular occurrence, hopefully in 2022. Um, there will be more gigs. There are some being lined up all the time. Uh, and as and when they are definitely confirmed, I shall let you know. And if you're out there in the UK or if you're out there in Europe when it comes to December next year or possibly America, I'm hearing in September, um, it, America and Canada, I think, is what's being touted with the UK subs 
will be coming out there then, I believe. Fingers crossed. So, uh, yeah, at some point in the next year, I would hope to see some of you in person if you uh, if you fancy catching up and uh, coming along to a really good show. Obviously, though, that means that these episodes may get fewer and farther between. Uh, it, it just may happen that way because obviously to support the fact that I will be playing with this band, I've got to do work more hours of the day and more often and on weekends and things like that when I would usually be making the documentaries and sorting out interviews and stuff. So that's that's a possible downside, but I'll try my hardest not to let that happen. Um, however, what was interesting on the final uh, breakfast on after the after the gig in Swansea, we were back in the hotel in Port Talbot, and I was sat at the table with Rhiannon, and uh, she was just casually dropping names like you know she worked with at Vivian Westwood shop and she was hanging around with Jordan and Susie. Uh, and, uh, and she was like, oh, I've heard that you do this podcast and that you're, you know, you, you interview musicians and stuff. And I, I've got some friends, I'm sure I could get in contact with you. Uh, and she, she name dropped a few people and I was like, that would be incredible because they're names that I would never be able to get to otherwise. Like Rhiannon is part of the scene essentially, which is very exciting. And um, yeah, without asking, I mean, I didn't even mention uh, this podcast to her. She found out about it through, I think, Tim, not even Paul. And I didn't even really know whether Tim knew that I did this. So um, yeah, it, it's without without asking, she's kind of she's becoming my booking agent, which is uh, which is really exciting. And uh, I'm talking to a couple of people about coming on the show very soon, uh, and these are you know, what I would, uh, what I would consider big names, you know, they, they've, they, they may not be the guys in the bands, but they were playing with the guys in the bands. And in some cases they are the band. Um, it's all very exciting. I can't be more open because who knows whether any of these things are going to come off, but with any luck, it will happen. And, um, yeah, it will kind of think things are on the up. I think I've got a good feeling about 2022. Let's just put it that way. Um, so yeah, it just shows what saying yes and uh, yeah, just get, getting on with things and doing things that you love rather than uh, doing things because you have to or finding excuses not to do them uh, has got me in particular. And uh, without trying to turn this into a self-help, uh, you know, hand-holding uh podcast there is there is something in that there's something about being positive and there's something about kind of seeing yourself somewhere and that was what I was saying about MVS they see themselves as this kind of this professional unit and I'm sure by following through with that they will self-actualize that in the same way that I am kind of self-actualizing things with this podcast um yeah it's been it's been a great it's been a great year um, for me personally. I know that things have been very, very dire in the world, but, um, you know, it's uh, there's been the rough as well as the smooth, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what 2022 brings. And uh, I hope that you are as well. I hope that this hasn't come across 
as uh, 20 odd minutes of me just kind of rambling um, about how great things are going for me so far. I hope that you get some sort of um, residual uh, satisfaction out of this as well and that you're excited about what might be coming down the line on this podcast in the in, in the new year yeah so uh that's uh that that's that's basically all i've got to say on that um i've really enjoyed the gigs that i've played i've i've kind of come through that uh week or so where i wasn't sure that i was enjoying it i'm definitely enjoying it now that's for sure and uh gutted that i'm not going to be touring around europe this year but next year seems to be the year so um fingers crossed it will come off next year um and like i say if you're in the areas that i'm going to be playing i'd love to talk to you i'd love to meet you i'd love to chat to you about bands and find out a bit more about you guys and uh yeah it looks like i'll be in more places um that may well be local to you so so keep keep looking on the on on the sham 69 website for gig dates they will be being announced shortly i believe um as ever it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and please do reach out to me in the meantime on facebook twitter instagram or by email as well as leaving those ratings and reviews on apple podcasts i haven't had any in a little while and i'd love to get some more but more than anything else take care of yourselves and stay safe see you in the pit Thank you for listening to this episode of Band Biographies. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts. Please do reach out on Twitter at BandBiogs, Instagram at BandBiographies, search on Facebook for Band Biographies or by emailing bandbiographies at gmail.com. See you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.